to address. Accusation number one. This attack was contained in an article written by Tipper Gore, which was given the form of a full page in my hometown newspaper on Long Island. In this article, Ms. Gore claimed that one of my songs, Under the Blade, had lyrics encouraging sadomasochism, bondage, and rape. The lyrics she quoted have absolutely nothing to do with these topics. On the contrary, the words in question are about surgery and the fear that it instills in people. Furthermore, the reader of this article is led to believe that the three lines she quotes go together in the song, when as you can see from reading the lyrics, the first two lines she cites are an edited phrase from the second verse, and the third line is a misquote of a line from the chorus. That the writer could misquote me is curious, since we make it a point to print all our lyrics on the inner sleeve of every album. As the creator of Under the Blade, I can say categorically that the only sadomasochism, bondage, and rape in this song is in the mind of Ms. Gore. Oh, there you go. Right? D. Snyder giving it to him. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Another episode of Big Talk with Chris and Greg. This is Chris. <laughs> this is Greg. <laughs> We're back. We're going to talk about some... Music censorship, album censorship, album cover censorship. There you go. PMRC. Stickers. Stick the stickers, the parental advisor. We're going to talk about it all today. And uh, we're just glad that you're back with us for another episode. Heck you know? yeah. Thank you, Nation. Thank you. Big Talk Nation is holding down strong. Yes. Uh, you can get a hold of us on uh, Twitter at uh, Big Talk CG. Email bigtalkcg at gmail.com. We actually have made an adjustment or an edit to our uh, Instagram handle. It is now bigtalkcg.podcast. Nice. So you, you're probably going to find it if you just search bigtalkcg, but bigtalkcg.podcast so everybody knows exactly what we are. So All right. We're a podcast. Nice. Is there anything else you want to say to the listeners that's new for us? Um, oh, yes. I do, Greg. I do want to say something. We are now, now officially available on Apple Podcasts. Yes. That's what I wanted to hear, so baby. all you iOS listeners <laughs> that have been wanting to hear it on Apple Podcasts, you know, can listen to it now and, you know, tell all your friends. There you go. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I'm an Android user, but I do have Apple TV, and uh, I brought it up today on the TV and had it going on in the background listening to... The twelve-year-old and the ten-year-old read some emails from <laughs> last episode, episode, and you know, just being able to hear myself was kind of a trip over the TV. Yeah, so yeah, I know. I did the same thing. I'm like, man. wow, not only am I an internet sensation, I'm a oh. TV sensation <laughs> worldwide. Worldwide, it's kind of amazing though, if you think about it for a second. It's the the internet, and it's worldwide, and anybody can listen to you. As we now know, anybody can listen to us because not only, as we said a couple episodes, we have listeners in the UK and France. We now have great, you can tell them. Argentina. Argentina. We nice. have listeners in Argentina. So we're, we're, we're reaching out. We're reaching out and we have no one to thank but the Big Talk Nation. Yes, thank you very much. Getting, getting the word out. To Still nothing in Japan? Well, we're big in Japan already. All right. We're already big there, dude. It's huge. It's huge. Just like KNAC. There you go. And Anvil. And, <laughs> and Big Talk. Uh, so, you know, that. Uh, so, going back to what we heard at the opening, that was Dee Snyder, the lead singer of Twisted Sister, uh, when they went in front of, uh, I think it was Congress or, or the Senate. They had a, a little. Uh, hearing that they were doing it was involving the PMRC. I think it was a, a Senate's Committee of Commerce was held the, held the yeah, hearing. Yeah, it was Commerce, Transportation, and something else. And what they were yeah. trying to do here, guys, was there was, a, there was a group. I guess maybe we should kind of start from the beginning. Yes. And then maybe get into it. Was There was a group of wives, but they, they came to be known as the Washington Wives. There were four of them. And the main one, the leader was Tipper Gore, who is, was the wife, is now the ex-wife of Al Gore. And uh, at that point, he was a senator. Was he a senator or a congressman? I, I don't remember exactly. All I know is that he had not invented the Internet yet. <laughs> okay. he, was, he was, and he was not the vice president. 
But his uh, uh, wife at the time, Tipper Gore, as the story goes, I think we mentioned it in an earlier episode um, when we were talking about albums, soundtracks. We were yes. talking about the Purple Rain album. And what had happened was is that she bought the album uh, to listen and listened was listening to it with her 11-year-old daughter. And the song, everything was fine until the song Darlene Nikki came on. And Darlene Nikki is a song where that has the line uh, starts talking about a woman in a hotel room, a hotel lobby, masturbating with a magazine. And that just totally flipped it for her. And she couldn't believe what she was hearing. Correct. Um, so then uh, she decided at that point that something, something needed to be done to protect the youth of this nation from these lyrics and this music and obscenity, obscenities and, Nothing, nothing could be more harmful to the youth of America than music lyrics, apparently. I guess so. And uh, she started the PMRC, which is the Parent Music Resource Center. Correct. Uh, and she started with, obviously, like I had said before, with four other females, the Washington wives. Uh, you know, they had uh, husbands that held political power in Washington. Um, one was a real estate mogul. A couple were in politics, uh, so on and so forth. But... Uh, they but basically what they wanted to do was was really censor music for America, right? And and kind of you know under the ruse of oh we're doing it for the kids. They, they could, I don't know if they had alternative motives. Some think that they do, and I, there was some testimony, uh, in particular Frank Zappa, uh, who also testified at the same hearing that we just heard Snyder, who said that he's he felt as though it was really uh, a ruse to get some legislation through uh, for whatever reason. Uh, I didn't really look into that aspect as much. I don't know. Maybe you have it in your novel over there. No. You know, John Denver was there too. Yeah. John uh, Denver. Is, is, Rocky there. Mountain High or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he was there also uh, throwing his two cents into the wind with these, with these guys uh, on their hearing and stuff like that. So it just wasn't rock and roll, man. It was, you know, uh, musicians that wanted to say, you know, <clears throat> something that, you know, don't edit our art, don't, you know, we do this, we do that. Sometimes it's not good to, you know. I think that, that you know, edit it, us. it's not good to to edit and censor and, and tell people what they can see, what they can't say, what they can or cannot listen to. It, it I think what it came down to was people didn't think that, two things, one, why can you tell me what I can say and what I can't say and what can be on my album cover and what can't be on my album cover and what I can write about and what I can write about? But also, who are you to tell me what's right and wrong for my kids? Or right. who are you to tell me as a citizen that um, of the United States, at what age can I see or cannot listen to what I want to listen to? Correct. And that, that was, was kind of the issue at hand. Um, but first, just quick. I just want to throw this out there because not only do we want to educate the nation, I'm just going to go ahead and read you the First Amendment because almost all this is pertaining to like First Amendment rights, freedom of speech and stuff. So let me just read the First Amendment to you okay. right here. So this is the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the pros or of the press or the right of the pe people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a readiness of grievances. So basically that's your first <clears throat> amendment, your freedom of speech. Uh, you can't tell me what I can and cannot say. Do you, which, have, to, do you is, have to pay, do you have to pay consequences for what you say? Yes. We're not saying you're not going to have to pay the consequences. We're just saying, let me say what I want to say. Yeah, which still goes on today, whether it's political, whether it's art, whether it's just someone going out there and outside and just saying, you know, I like this, I like that, I hate this, I hate that. There's consequences to everything that we do say and your actions. Sometimes you have to own them. Um, you know, on this, on what the PMRC, they wanted to do what the P with the MPAA, which was the, the movie industry, they wanted to do the ratings like the X rating for profanity or sexuality, explicit lyrics, 
O was for uh, occult reference. Um, uh, D or A for the lyrics about drugs and alcohol or V for violence. So that's what they were looking for is they wanted to have a, some kind of code that would tell people what they're in for on when they purchased or when they listened to um, the album, what what may come before them. It's just like when you go to the movies, what your the rating is. Well, it's R for language and something, language and smoking, PG-13. You know, we advise that 13 and over should be watching it, not 13 and under, and regular PG, family rated, and mm-hmm. then G, mm-hmm. good for everybody, that type of and stuff. And you know, at a certain le- there's a there's a level where I get what they were trying to do. I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to educate parents, parents, that's the word we're going to, parents, yeah. about what's on this music, what it's about, what we think is damaging to the youth, what we think are the things they should be listening to. I get it. I, I get it. And I almost borderline agree that, yes, you should let the parents know. But here's the thing about it. The parents were not the ones buying the music. The kids are buying the music. And when you make something forbidden, you want what's forbidden. Correct. That's definitely true on that one. Um but you're right. The parents are buying the music. Shouldn't have the parents been editing themselves? My previous. Par- let me ask you this, Greg. Let me let me ask you a question. Got it. How many albums have you bought, or tapes, CDs, albums, digital downloads? Have you bought yourself? You, Greg, bought thousands. How many have your mom or your dad ever bought for you? To be honest, I'm going to say three. Okay. So the three out of it, so we're talking like three thousandths of a percent. My math is probably wrong. It could be three one hundred, but basically less yeah, than one percent. Exactly. Less so than one percent. Know what they're what you're listening to. I don't think my parents have ever bought me an album ever. I actually, I think I got uh, George Michael's Faith on tape for Christmas <laughs> one year. I think that was the only thing I ever got. That um, one, that's the one your dad approved that, of. That was. He probably didn't <laughs> approve of that. He's probably like, nah, dude. Look at that guy's beard. <laughs> that guy's beard. My dad's like, hair. My dad said, "If you want to grow a beard, grow one like mine." <laughs> oh, Look at this. it's all thick and luscious. There you go. Yeah, he, didn't like, he didn't approve <laughs> of the beard. So, uh, but you know that that's I get what they were trying to do. I get the I get the attempt. I get the attempt, and I it's, but, <laughs> Rambo drinking water again, guys in the background. So. This guy's at the three-man show. We're going to have to put him on a T-shirt or one, something. One of I the guess. many staples of, our, of Big yeah. Tug. <laughs> Big drink. Big. <laughs> so I get I get what they were saying. I get what they were trying to do. But, you know, when it comes down to it, like I remember going to uh, – I, I remember specifically going to the record store in the mall, buying a tape. It was – Greg, don't hold it against me. It was a rap tape. Okay. DJ Quick. DJ Quick. Had a parental sticker on it or mm-hmm. printed on. I think at that point they were printing them on. The guy behind the counter asked me if I was old enough to buy it. I said yes, and he sold it to me, and I wasn't. So there was nothing being – there was on a larger scale, there was nothing being done to prohibit the sale. It was all – the record retailers were not really going to do anything. There were some – I mean, we're, we're going to get into it probably later about all the stuff that was going on in Florida because it wasn't just about – you know, record sales, you know, they had the performances and all that stuff oh, about two right. live crew and stuff. Crew. But, you know, no, no one was tr- right. Their business is in the business of making money. Correct. So they're not going to not sell their records. Well, a similar story. Uh, my wife used to work at Music Plus, and she told me the same thing when I, as I'm prepping um, for the show, where she said um, that, she remembers that when the Snoop Dogg album was released, it was behind the counters and people wanted to buy it. She said she never checked IDs or never asked questions to say, you know, can I get a Snoop Dogg CD or tape or whatever? And she would just sell it to them. I mean, it's one of those things that you just, you know, okay, think as you're a kid in a record store. So I was one, I was a kid at a record store that I, you know, was an employee there. And, you know, did you check things? Well, of course, I worked at the video part, so I didn't let the pornography go out the door at, you know, from a younger kid. But, you know, if it was a, a, a PMRC stickered 
CD or tape, whatever. It's not like well, let me let me ask you this. Um, so we're talking about face to face interactions. I mean, yeah, face to face nowadays it, it's not really about going into the record store. That's not where the transactions are happening. Where are the transactions happening digitally? Correct. Who's so you're telling me all I got to do is enter that I'm 18 when I sign up for an account and that's it? How are we verifying that? Can I just download any explicit lyric thing that I want and comes with the album cover and I could be 12? Well, you know what? Spotify has a button that, you know, uh, uh, parental advisory where you just click it to the left or to the right or they just blocks who, it. Who's clicking it? I don't know. I don't. I click it to the left. So, I mean, I, I want to hear everything. Give I me, hear you're always give me clicking, all the dirty You're always lyrics. clicking to the left. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, kids are going to hear things at their school. Somebody in their school is going to have it. Somebody's going to hear it. They're going to hear it somewhere. And so as a parent, me, I'm not like especially that's not the that's the not one of my biggest worries is the music they're hearing. You know, that for me as a parent, I'm not really concerned about what they're hearing because they're going to hear it at the school. They're going to see it. The news, it's true. The news, the news is worse. And I have my kids Correct. watch the news every morning when they're getting ready for school so yeah, they know what's going they, on in the world so yeah. they can have an intellectual conversation with anybody <laughs> at their school. So, uh, but I digress from that point. But, you know, what I was kind of saying is, you know, it's at this point in 2021, it's a little bit harder to kind of uh, uh, keep it out of the kids' hands where it was all over the counter. It was all personal. Correct. But now it's like anybody can basically get whatever they want. It's all correct. Tape. That, that's it's it's you know you know I remember that me and you there was a point there where me and you online were were trading music you mm-hmm. know uh, this is ten fifteen years ago and uh, so kids can just do that now they trade digitally. You know Spotify does offer um, non explicit versions, so. Two versions may come out on Spotify. One will say content, and the other one will say. See, this is, this is a conversation where we. I wish we had the twelve-year-old here so she could just tell us. Yes, I listen to this one or that one. So maybe we need it. Maybe next episode we'll get her on here so she we can kind of maybe add on have a little, you know. Hey, let's go back for a second. We just want to ask you some questions and kind of just add some context to it, but. Um, you know, kind of going back to the PMRC uh, with Tipper Gore kind of leading that charge, uh, their their big thing that they came out with at that time, and I love the alliteration, the filthy 15. Oh, yeah. Little filthy. So what these were, guys, was it was 15 songs that they deemed inappropriate. And, and I don't say this sarcastically. They deemed these songs inappropriate for the youth of America. That's correct. The, and they fell under different um, reasons why they felt that they were inappropriate, these songs. So the Filthy 15, do you want me to just read through them, or do you want to talk about each one as we let's go? Let's talk about each one. Okay. So let's let's go ahead and – I don't know if we need – we kind of already talked about it before, but the first one, kind of the one that started it all, was Prince's Darling Nikki. Correct. And okay. it's so, – so, guys, basically the kind of – thing you know like greg had said how he talked about the rating system they kind of fell under that sex slash masturbation violence the v for violence da for drugs and alcohol o for occult those are basically kind of the categories they do all these under so the so prince's song darling nikki was kind of like a sex masturbation thing that was the one that kind of started the ball rolling correct on that one and that was from 1984, Purple Rain. Yes. And I, when you listen to that song, I mean, when I first heard it, I guess I, it wasn't really a standout track. I almost feel like sometimes they're going looking for this stuff, you know, at times. Because it's kind of like that song never was on the radio. It was, oh, no. It was, I believe, and I'm going to have to go pull up my record maybe. I think it was even actually on the side two. It was like song one or two on the second side. Correct. Or the end of the first side. So it wasn't something you were really like hearing because the hits were... We're not around it. Correct. You know, I want. I want to say, side two, song one. I think it was side two. Yeah. So, did you know that um, at the end of Prince's life, that he became a Jehovah Witness? I did not know that. And he um, decided to take Darling Nikki out of his uh, playlist set, uh, playing music live, and he also didn't let 
um, other artist that wanted to cover it, he just said, no, I'm not going to. He, he advised not to do it, such as bands such as the Foo Fighters, uh, Rihanna, and um, uh, the comedian uh, Maya Rudolph. She was you know, doing some comedian stuff, and they kind of wanted to do Darling Nikki. And he kind of said, nah, I, I, please don't do it. You know, don't use it. Well, let me ask you this, not to, to to steal your thunder. Okay, they didn't. He didn't like. But what about the song "Get Off"? Did he remember he did that song "Get Off"? Yeah, twenty-two positions in a one-night stand. Was he letting people do that? Was he still performing that? I bet he was. Uh, probably. Okay, I'm just saying. Yeah, Prince is great though. I love yeah. Prince. Now, would, at the, I'm at not talking bad about him. I love Prince. <laughs> He's great. He's great. Now, uh, up to up to our knowledge, the last time I looked at uh, Prince's "Purple Rain" was thirteen times platinum. That's oh yeah, awesome, dude, dude. dude. I mean, wow. That that has to be his his staple of a record. That means at least thirteen million people have heard that song. Exactly, and overdubbed <laughs> and dubbed, yeah. and you know whatever stream is like. I mean, whatever they did on top of that, and that was just that's just sold, not you know streaming wise. Yeah, and stuff it, like that. It's a it's a when you look at it. I mean, yeah. Can we pick part? You know, the PMRC can go be like this, this, this. But when you look at it as a whole body of work, it's an amazing album. It's amazing. Uh, so moving on, uh, number two on my list, and I know our lists are probably written down differently, but number two on my list was a protege of Prince. And now looking over at yours, I think it's the same one. It was Sheena Easton, <laughs> Sugar Walls. And I just want to tell everybody right now, um, like we've said before, our memories aren't the best. So I did listen to all of these songs today. I when I was, you know, on the internet, surfing around, mm-hmm. you know, doing some PMRC, you know, reading some stuff, you know, doing this and that. I did have these songs all playing. And when this song came on, I had, you know, I was like, God, I remember yeah, that was a good pop song. I remember that during the eighties. It was like a you know, you know, Sheena Easton, you know, she was kind of sexy and kinda like, Yeah, you know, as a kid, you were like, Oh yeah, dude, she's <laughs> She's sexy, but then I started listening to the lyrics, and I was like, yep, this song is definitely about sex. Right. The thing is, though, when I was a kid, I didn't think that. Correct. I didn't know. Yeah. Someone else had to put that in my mind. Just like D. Snyder said at the beginning of, the, of, our, of our podcast, you know, the only, the, all of that is only in Tipper Gore's mind. It wasn't in my mind when I was listening to the song. By the time I could put two and three together and make five, I was already, you know, older yeah uh, you know, i'm going oh yes to the walls i think it's a great pop song though nice it's a great pop song nice and and we're gonna um we're gonna either list all these songs or, or put maybe some clips up and you know let everybody know the songs and the videos that we're talking about and uh, so everybody can kind of see them you know as as uh throughout the week after we release this yeah uh continuing with uh, uh prince he has uh, one more song on the fifty fifteen, um, from Vanity, um, strep on Robbie Baby. This is in nineteen eighty four. Um, he had a he was dating Vanity at the time, and uh, she went solo. But she was also part of his musical group Vanity Six, and I think uh, Vanity decided after uh, um, Vanity Six disbanded, she decided to go on her solo on on this. And this was about a, an ex boyfriend that she started to do the song about. Vanity, I love Vanity. She yeah. was, I don't remember her as a musician. I, I guarantee you, you're going to agree with me when I say this. I don't remember her from her music. I remember her from The Last Dragon, from the movie, The Barry Gordy, Last Dragon, Bruce Leroy. Oh, no way. She was that, a love interest. Wow. That's all I remember her from. Okay, so I'm going I'm to bring this up to you. Do you know Vanity had um Yes, a relationship some, with. Yeah, a re- relationship with, with a Nikki few. Six. Okay, also, do you know who also she, well, it just wasn't, she was romantically involved with Adamant. That makes sense. Billy Idol. That makes sense. And then she was, at one time, the fiance of Nikki Six. And it's all in his book at that time. Yeah, Um, I do. Go ahead, keep going. Well, I was at the book at the time where he was, um, I think the part where he uh, died. That he was dating her at the time, and yeah. they those two were two train wrecks that shouldn't have collided. been together. Yeah, they, they collided. They shouldn't have been together. But you know, he was using, she was using. It it just fit 
at the time of his. And the book you're talking about is Heroin Diaries by Nikki Six. Uh, If you guys don't know who Nikki Six is, he was a bass player for Motley Crue, and he wrote. uh, He's written a couple books, but Heroin Diaries, dude. It's basically what happened was is he was strung out on heroin for a while, and he actually wrote a diary daily. Yeah. Uh, he's been sober for decades now and he found the notebooks and his diaries in storage and decided to print them as a book. And then he also narrates on the side about kind of now looking back on it and man, it's an intense read and it's one of those books you just can't put down. I've read it and it's great. Yeah. Great. And yeah, you're right. Didn't we read it close to the same time you were reading? I was reading it and we're kind of, I think we were reading it at the BSing about it, um, on that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, if you didn't know vanity also, Turned to Christ, and she's a Christian now, yeah. and she uh, changed uh, her back to her ma- uh, regular name or maiden name or her birth name, and doesn't associate with the. Her vanity name isn't anymore. Vanity. Uh, no, don't oh, that. Man. That's. Let's go. Let's go back to. Let's go back to to, to to Public Enemy Number One. I guess let's go back to D. Snyder. They also. All had right. A song Hell, heck yeah, man. Uh, Twisted Sisters, we're not gonna take it. <laughs> v for violence. V for violence. Now, now I remember this being like a staple of MTV back in the day when, I, when I got to watch yes. it when I was at grandma's house. And I never, I, I couldn't describe it better than D. Snyder describes it. It is basically a Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote cartoon brought to life. Exactly. How can you look at this or hear it and think it's inciting violence or it's a violent song at all? I, I, I've never gotten that. I've never been able to look at it skewed through any sight or any eyes of saying like, you know what? I think you might be right. I get your kind of point, kind of. I, I don't see it at all. So when D. Schneider was talking, he also talked about the PMC. They may have confused the video presentation of that song with the lyrics with you know, the meaning of the lyrics at the time. And at the time, the the video was cartoon violence. Mm-hmm. Cartoon violence. It didn't say anything violent of of, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna take it as we're taking a stand against this. He he said at one point he was asked about the the whole situation and the, and how the PMRC came after him about the video and he said, you know, kind of paraphrasing what we had said, you know, it was a wily coyote roadrunner situation. He said each stunt was selected from my extensive personal collection of cartoons. So Correct. It's kind of, you know, that's exactly what they were. Watch the video. He falls through a window. Then he gets up, brushes the glass and everything off him. Now it's on to the next one. Perfectly fine. Just like Wiley Coyote. I Correct. Don't, I don't get it. It's like, take a chill pill. Yeah, I think, pill. I think the violence is, you know, the father yelling or blah, 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 or the kids, you know, um, all, all around the table. Then all of a sudden, uh, these geeks turn into... All these monsters of twisted sister. What you know? do you want to do with your life? Yeah, I want to rock. I want to rock. <laughs> you know, one thing I want to say about D. Schneider um, was that, you know, as a parent, I think he's done great because he's also quoted saying when his kids wanted to listen to Eminem, he w- he sat down and listened to the album and then talked it over with his kids, and I was like, wow. That's a good parent on on something like that. And another thing was, so him and his family got into um, a band called Tenacious D, which is Kyle Gass mm-hmm. and Jack Black. Yeah. They did a, a a musical duo. They have a song on their first album called uh, "Fuck Her Gently." Now, his he decided to make a tape for his eight year old daughter. Just take that song out. Like all the other songs on that record are perfectly fine for them but he just kind of took that song out and made a tape for his daughter so she can listen to everything except that song and as a parent what that's the smart thing to do i think yeah that's a, that's a great example of what he was talking about of saying if parents don't like it take it out you talk it over with your children you discuss it with them you if you don't want them to hear it you take it out don't yeah. let somebody else tell you to take it out and that's a point that that i think everybody that was opposing the pmrc was making was like don't tell us we'll, we'll handle it we'll yeah handle it yeah all right let's go on to another song from this filthy 15 um let's talk about you know what we were just talking about nikki 
Let's talk about Motley Crue. Yeah. The song Bastard from the Bastard. Shout of the Devil album, 1983. Yeah. Uh, I love this song, and I wish they would play it live because it's just aggressive, aggressive live, fast. And yeah, it it's the lyrics are, you know, pulling out a knife, stabbing someone. Okay. I get I get it, but don't I just don't think that it should be someone else's job to tell me what I can have my parent my kids listen to. Being and being a parent now, I'm forty five, I'm gonna Yeah, I would let my kids listen to it. Because yeah. you know what? I don't think that they're gonna sit there and listen like <laughs> ears to the speaker. Oh my god, he like I'm not afraid that my kids are gonna hear that and be like, oh, that must be okay. It's in a rock song. I'm gonna go stab somebody. Correct. Uh, you listen to I I, ta- I know you listen to music uh, um, with your kids in there. Is there songs that sometimes you kind of change real fast? Yes, there are. And as you know, there's there's some music that you know we've been in the car. It's mo- I mean mostly the thing now with kids. You know, it's um, I guess hip hop. Yeah. Um, R and B, maybe not so. There's um, uh, what's her name? Cardi B. Okay. Um, I'm unfamiliar with that. So um, you, that's all you. She has a song called WAP. Okay. W A P. I was not fond of my daughter hearing it, but by the time I knew about it, she had already heard it. Um, then there's some other stuff. You know, we we'll might be driving in a car, listening to like a '90s hip hop mix, and may not be a song I'm familiar with. My my wife will be familiar with it. She'll be like, skip it. So yeah, I mean we aren't just letting them listen to anything. Okay, 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 um, good. See, that's it's what, not like a, you know if it, if I feel it's like mm, nah, skip it. We'll, we'll play you, it on the safe side. You kind of know what they're gonna say. Uh, what like two live crew? So I'm sure if yeah, you, you know, happen to you know what it, at a certain level, and I don't want to sound ignorant when I say this, and I hope I'm not because I'm not meaning to sound ignorant. I think that a lot of times. Um, hip hop is really lyrically driven. It's all about what they're saying in the lyrics. Okay. Where in rock, there's so much musicianship going on that a lot of times I don't even really listen to the lyrics. I'm like, dude, that guitar is awesome. Dude, <laughs> listen to that. Listen to the, 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 the backbeat with the, the bass and the drums. Dude, listen to that bass guitar through the song. It's like, sometimes I'm not even paying attention to what they're saying. I sure not just listen to the solo. I'm not, I love the guitar solo, <laughs> but it's, you, you understand what I'm saying. It's like, a yeah, lot, I think yeah. a lot of times in certain music, certain things are more prominent. And I think in R and B, um, hip hop, I'm not guys. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, in my opinion, that, I think that those things are more prominent in those musics, whereas in rock music where they're playing instruments, the instruments, I mean, the vocals are an instrument. Yeah. And uh, you hear a lot of the other stuff. So sometimes, like I remember being a kid and not even knowing what, oh my God, the song's called Bastard. I didn't even know what it was about. I wasn't yeah. sitting there going like, oh, let me listen to it. I was like, oh, dude, this is fast. The drums are heavy. Listen to the guitars. The chorus, Bastard. And mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't know. Uh, you know what? I have to agree with you with the sense of uh, R&B is very um, sexually driven or a lot of like to be close, to make love, to, you know. I love making love. <laughs> you know, those are the types of, uh, of you know, when you want to get down and dirty with your lady, you put some little bit of R&B on to, to, you know, make her or make sure you guys are in the mood. It's not my style, but. It's not my style either. So, but. You know, to me, that's what I, I've accum- I've known over the years what R and B is. A lot of they talk a lot about relationships, talk a lot about sex, talk a lot about you know going into this and doing that kind of stuff, singing that kind of stuff, and then you know mostly rap is about or hip hop, the ladies and the hoes. <laughs> you know, let's stick with Motley Crue, man. So Motley Crue, did you know at the time when when the PMRC put uh, um, bastard on the list. Did you know it was double platinum at the time? I didn't know that. Yeah. So when they, when they decided to put this list, Motley Crue, shout out the devil, went double platinum. I love it. Right? Let's sell some records. Let's sell, Let's some, sell records. some records. You know, one song um, that I really, as surprising as this may sound to you guys, that I wasn't that familiar with, that I didn't really listen to, 
until today, I was like, oh, I don't think I've heard this. Was the Black Sabbath song trashed? Right. I, I didn't know how I this was thing like, landed and, up on and this. And as soon as I heard it started playing, here's the thing. So Ian sang that one album in between... Was it, uh, it Ozzy it, it and was Dio? In between Ozzy and Dio. Correct. And I heard the music and I go, this doesn't sound like something Ozzy's going to be able to sing to. And then I said to myself, it doesn't sound like the Ronnie James Dio is going to sing to this. And I was like, oh my God, dude, is this that one album? Like, I, that was the album that everybody kind of glazes over. It's like, eh. And then because Ronnie James Dio and Ozzy are so great. I mean, Ian's great too. But I listened to the song. It's not their best work, but the lyrics are straight up drinking and driving. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, wow. This is what do they maybe they have a point on this one. Then I read into the thing is, is that there's no a lot of times when the PMRC was talking about songs, there's not a lot of context. The thing about this song was it wasn't just about drinking and driving. It was about the fact that there uh, the draw. I think it was the drummer. Uh, War, uh, Bill Ward. Okay. Uh, him and uh, one of the other per- people in the band. I can't remember which one, so I won't say. Where they were racing around the the record studio. There was a track out where they were recording. They were racing around, and they were both drinking. They got in an accident. That's what the song's about. Oh, so okay. it's about don't do this shit. You know, which a lot of the times, dude, I don't think that these metal and rock musicians get enough credit for. Like, hey, dude, learn from our mistake. One song I'm surprised is not on here, and I think you would agree with me, is Suicide Solution. Right. I do not Ozzy understand that. how that song is not on. It should be like number one. But Ozzy, Ozzy always said it wasn't about suicide. It was anti-suicide. Yeah, it was, anti- it was about how you can die a slow death by drinking. It's not going to happen right now. It's, just, it's not suicide is the solution. Alcohol is a solution as in a liquid solution. It's a term. Correct. Suicide Solution. And I can't, I honestly can't believe it's on it because you hear that song and you're like, yeah, well, they could falls right into the PR, PMRC's pocket right there. They, they could have flip flopped for this one, yeah, man, from trash to that. Now, did you know? Um, well, let me tell you first thing on on the album cover from Born Again, which that song yeah. is from, I would have thought that would have been one of those band covers because it was like a, a baby with yeah that's, horns a, that's a weird and, like devil baby cover or something it's like the yeah. blue and the black blue background with the red thing yeah correct now did you know that black sabbath did a video for trashed i did not and mtv didn't play it because it was lewd they huh. said they said you know they did a video oh you know what i'm looking at my notes that i copied and pasted <laughs> yeah i copied and pasted from <laughs> website it said the band admitted that the accompanying video was intentionally lewd. Yeah. The last line on my notes. Exactly. But I mean, still. So we're going to do a video. It just gets banned. And I never knew they had a, 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 a video for that. Maybe we can I find it know. nowadays on Maybe we can find it YouTube. Post it. It's not lewd anymore. <laughs> it's not lewd anymore. I mean, it's kind of funny how things were like lewd or just inappropriate back in the day or like passe today it's kind of crazy correct can we uh, let me start off with another um song and band that i know is on this filthy 15 which is wasp the n- name of the song is called animal and it's called fuck like a beast yes it that song uh you know what <laughs> this came from 1984 so it it was profanity sexual explicit lyrics now in the 1980s wasp was a band from Los Angeles that WASP stand for We Are Sexual Perverts. That's what kind of Blackie said. Maybe it was WASP the insect, but when people started to come to the shows and they kind of just, you know, it, it's very similar to KISS. We are Satan's servants, Satan servants. Maybe they spit WASP. Oh, well, yeah, we're talking about We Are Sexual Perverts and we love this and this and this. So, of course... The song Animal, Fuck Like a Beast, is about sex. There's no denying it. Um, the single, which was not on the debut album because Capitol Records decided not to put it on as a single, it definitely was an import. And, you know, it probably sold <laughs> a ton of song, a ton of records just for being that. Um, I was talking to one of my buddies, our buddy, Eric Perkins. Eric, what's up? 
he was telling me that he had a picture disc of wasps, animal, fuck like a beast still at his house that he still owns. Picture disc, bro. You know, just a single. I think I have some, like a, a 45 or something. Yeah, it's a 45. Song. Yeah. In my collection over here, I'm going to have to see if I can break it out. Whoa. I haven't looked through my 45s in a while. And I think I got something from them in there. What's a 45? Revolutions per minute. <laughs> you know, it's funny. They talk, you know, you talk about that. And the cover for that album had, I would think, Blackie Lawless because he wore it in the concert. The cod piece, which is like yeah. a cup. Like an athletic cup. Mm-hmm. And it had like a saw blade on it, like a circular saw blade. And he said. Correct. He was like. He he always said like how can anybody take anybody seriously they'd be walking around like this like it's how are you taking it seriously exactly and, and I don't know I don't now know. you know in the eighties when this was going on uh, shock rock was at an odd place at this time Alice Cooper was going new wave Kiss was starting to take their makeup off so Wasp decided Lick it up. yeah so Wasp decided to you know uh, turn it to twelve. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do something funky. So, you know, they would, uh, quote, unquote, torture women on stage. They would throw blood into the audience. They they really went for that shock rock value, you know, of doing crazy stuff and stuff like that. Like I said, in the major release refused to put it, uh, the the Capitol Records refused to put it on their major release. But, you know, it's on the import and it probably sold as a, you know, 12-inch single. Yeah. You know? For sure, for sure. Um Let's go back. Here, but, but before we go move ahead. on, but one one last thing. So we know that Frank Zappa was part of the the Senate thing with um, D and uh, John Denver. So Blackie said he wanted to. He also wanted to show up at the time, but uh, Frank Zappa told him, "Be glad you weren't there because it was a dog and pony show." You know, something simple, talking to somebody else is saying you know dude i know you wanted to be there and say your you know say what you wanted to say but be glad you weren't there it wasn't worth it yeah. you know that type of stuff yeah so it's not all metal it's not all rock but you know kind of in the vein of you know the the sheena easton song we talked about earlier was another one on the filthy 15 <laughs> madonna she right? shows up on here dress you up Gonna dress you up in my love, in my love, all over, all over, all over your body. That is the song, and that was on point, guys. What? Not like a not like a virgin? No, I know. <laughs> not like, like a virgin. It's like, why did they pick this song? Why did they pick that song? Like a virgin. I was like, what's a virgin? When I was a kid, <laughs> my mom said they're up to nothing. That's, I guess you know she's true. All right, you know it. it, it these are those songs where I guess if you're looking for something, you're going to find it. Just like D. Snyder said, if you're looking for sadomasochism, you're going to find it. If you're looking for medical, I don't know, not necessarily terminology, but the things that happen in an operating room, you're going to find that too. Depends on what age right? you're doing. So dress you up in my love. I'm just going to, why can't that be just, I'm going to hug you and dress you up in my love and you're going to be the one for me. I love you. Instead, it's... Or come on over. We're going dancing. We're going to Do you go, say the word come? Yeah, come over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, like girls talking about, come over to my house. We're going to go out clubbing with the ladies and let's, uh, you know, kind of dress similar. Dress you up. Yeah. No. Now, wow. did, oh, I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> did you know that um, Tipper, Tipper Gore praised madonna because of the song proper don't papa don't preach so in the flip side of her putting her uh, um dress you up on the filthy 15 she also said the video the song papa don't preach was very um, um uh, knowledgeable for the youth of today so she actually said you suck and also said eh, you're pretty good what do you I, think about it what do you think greg on Papa Don't Preach, mm-hmm. I don't. Know, it's one of, you know what? Artists are artists, and they want to sing about something, and they want to say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, don't do drugs, suicide solution. Don't drink alcohol. Don't do this. Don't have sex. Don't have a, a premature, don't have premature sex, or, or without being married. That type of stuff. If artists want to say it, great. If artists don't want to say it, great. They want to say the, the positive. They want to say the negative of it. Both things. It's the artist. Uh, perception of what they want to say to the world or put what they want to do about their art. 
I'm all for it. I mean, you you could tell me, hey, we're going to go rob somebody. And then the next song, hey, we're going to help an uh, old lady across the street. It works. Yeah. Yeah, the the um, the song Papa Don't Preach, it, which is not on the list that we're talking about right now, that was, uh, I believe the lyrics were, Papa Don't Preach, I Made Up My Mind, I'm Keeping My Baby. Correct. So she's basically, I would think, late teens, uh, mm-hmm. early 20s, youth. Youth. I'm pregnant. Uh, I don't, I'm not married. This is the father. No, I'm not getting rid of it. I'm keeping it. Yeah. That's what the song was about. So that's, that's kind of interesting because you would, you know, I guess anti-abortion. Correct. Anti-abortion. You know, if you look at it that way, but maybe. Yeah. Just not doing it at all. No, (laughs) anti-abortion. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next song. Let's move on to the next. So go ahead, Greg. What do you want to say? I was going to say the next song should be Cindy Lauper Sheba. I was just going to that one. Okay, good. Because it still stays in the same, you know, girl realm. Girl pop kind of thing. Correct. Um, which was about masturbation. Mm-hmm. Now, now, to be honest with you, Chris, I didn't really listen to Cindy Lauper. Girl just want to have fun. Whatever was on MTV. Whatever was on MTV. Whatever was on MTV. So she bop, you know, I think the worst thing I remember is she had shaved head or had a design in her hair shaved. Mm -hmm. I I don't remember much about it, but, you know, years later on, they said masturbation. And I was kind of like, what? She bop? And they're like, yeah, you know, she bopped herself. And so that's why, you know, you're right as kids of not knowing or understanding things until someone explains it to you, you know, was it like, oh, I get it. Yeah, I I didn't think that song was about anything. I thought it was dance. Like, yeah. Like, she bop. Bop is a dance. Correct. And I was like, oh, she's dancing. You know, yes, I was in the same ilk as you. I wasn't a big Cindy Lauper listener. I saw her on MTV, um, whatever was on the radio. So I had heard the song, but I was... I. I did. I, I was a kid. I, did, I wasn't sitting there listening to the lyrics and studying them, you know, so I didn't like go, oh, what's she talking about? What's she talking about? What's she talking about? She bop. She's dancing. Okay. Yeah. Good enough for me. Uh, right. I it was about the music. Yeah. I know? didn't think anything different or know what the heck, like I said, until years later on or whatever, somebody said, oh, it's about masturbation. Or I read something and I was like, oh, okay. So uh, sticking with the girls view and i think this is the last uh, um non-rock song the mary jane girls in my house that song yes uh which is about you know profanity and sexually explicit lyrics um i didn't know that the or maybe i did they were rick james backup girls and he decided to write some songs for them and put them in the limelight yes the uh, here i'll quote i'll quote a lyric I'll satisfy your every need and every fantasy you think up. Yeah, that's not that Rick James, man. I'm Rick James, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, anyway, so um, yeah, I wasn't a big Mary Jane's girl. I think that they were Mm short-lived. I think that was probably the only song that anybody ever heard from them. They came and went. Uh. I don't know if we need to spend any more time talking about that one. No, no same thing. Good. I mean, just, I mean, we knew what we knew uh, to, to be the the title in my house. What the hell? How is that sexually explicit? Yeah. Now the lyrics of in my house. This is where we do our nasty things. Then you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. The yeah. We I think we can just kind of move on from them. Um, the Mary Jane girls. They didn't really. I kind of feel sometimes, you know, they were really searching for, for lyrics and and trying to kind of make things fit into their, into their PMRC agenda. Correct. Um, one more song I just want to talk about quick. You guys, I think we're going to go ahead and, uh, we're we're hitting up against a 50 minute mark in this episode. I think we're going to go ahead and maybe talk about one more song, kind of talk about the rest, maybe go into some album covers, talk about, uh, you know, the whole two live crew, live performance things and their albums in Florida and, and the censorship there. And got it. Um, I think maybe we talk about one more album each. We can, we finish off the list. We'll hit the last two or three on the next episode. Okay. And then we'll uh, go ahead and go on. So, um, the next one that, uh, I want to talk about here is, 
our good old boys, our good old boys, ACDC. Yeah. The song is Let Me Put My Love Into You. All right, I'll give it to him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, plain and simple, right? I mean, that simple, isn't plain and simple. It isn't more of of um the, the sexuality and profanity. That's that's on I, the list. Let man. me just, let me cut your cake with my knife. I mean, how more in your right? can it get? Yes. I heard that song. Let today. me drive my car in your garage. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess dude. Uh great song. It's on the Back in Black album, the first album with Brian Johnson from 1980. It's a great song. Uh, fits right in there. Uh, I don't think it's overtly sexual. It never comes out and says anything. It's innuendos. If you're a youth, you probably wouldn't get it. Uh, but I think it's a great song. You know, just yeah, I like it too, man. It's a great song, man. It's rock and roll. Now, um, did you know Angus Angus Young told People Magazine, "Rock and roll is about one simple thing: freedom." He when someone tries to murder that, that their freedom. We're against it, meaning PMRC. Yeah. Hey, man, we're, we're artists. We want to sing about stuff, whether we want to sing about drinking, whether we want to sing about driving down to the highway to hell, we want to sing about putting our love in something or some somebody. Into you. Into <laughs> you. Um, that's what it is. It's freedom. Yeah. Uh, these were the, They're artists. We, we both agree art is art, and you know, in your interpretation of it is is yours. Yeah. You know, don't let people tell you what to do. A lot of times it sounds like things were twisted. Things were meant one way, you know, and I I know we keep going back to it because it's really like, you know, he's kind of like the the main person that was kind of out there that was Dee Snyder. It's like, that's not even what we're singing about. What are you talking about? You're, you're, you're the one twisting it. And I think I don't necessarily, I'm, I'm not an idiot. Uh, Most of these songs are about what the PMRC said they were about, but no one is overtly coming out and saying these things. Like, I want to go balls deep. No one's yeah. saying. You know, I don't. I don't. I'm not hearing. You know, it explicitly. You know, it's cut your cake with my knife, or come into my house, or melt my sugar walls. Okay, it's not. You know, explicit. It's innuendo. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not in a, a fuss about it. Okay. You know, none of these um, artists ever, or the PMSRC never really heard any Steel Panther albums. Oh, yeah, they never. They weren't around long enough. <laughs> they weren't around long enough for no Steel Panther. That, now, that's for a different episode. That's for another and show. A, and a different story. Yeah, Steel Panther. Oh, I know we haven't talked about them. We've done 10 long episodes, but Steel Panther, listen well, to Yeah, it. we'll get into them. Yeah. We'll get into them for sure. Um, okay, guys, you know what? We're going to go ahead and end this episode. First episode, PMRC. Yes. Uh, get a hold of us on Twitter. Is uh, at BigTalkCG. Email BigTalkCG at gmail.com. Now on Instagram, we are BigTalkCG.podcast. Yes. Just search us up at BigTalkCG. You'll find us there. And I don't know. You got anything else you want to add? Hey, I will say this. Email, comment. All that kind of stuff. You get the 12-year-old back on here. She'll be reading them off. There you go. We love you, nation. Please come back, listen, talk, rock. Have a good time. Until next time, this is Greg. This is Chris. See ya.